Well, hello uh, once again. Uh, this is the Gear Gadgets and Gizmos podcast with me, Phil Friend, uh, hosted by the RIDC. And today we're very fortunate to have a chat with us who I've known a very long time, actually. Lost touch a bit. I don't know if that's COVID or what it is, but we've lost touch. His name is Andy Garrett. And Andy and I go back to the days when he was in the Metropolitan Police doing all sorts of interesting stuff there. Um, and now we're going to catch up with what he's doing now. So, Andy, welcome. How are you? Um, Phil, hi. Thank you. Um, and thank you for having me on the podcast. It's really good to connect again, um, just to really sort of share a bit about, you know, my lived experience um, yep. and how that relates to, you know, helping people with disabilities to manage day to day. Good stuff. So let's kick off first with what your disability is. What is it that gets in the way for you? I mean, what, what and, and how did that come about? Yeah, and um, you mentioned I used to be in the police. I was I was a, an ordinary copper doing what coppers do, but I developed uh, in in my very early thirties a retinal condition called macular dystrophy. So there's a genetic um, defect, if you like, uh, that affects the processing in my retina of the central field of vision, which in practical terms is it's a bit like being really very short sighted, uh, but glasses don't actually help. Uh, to me to see distance right. so I, I read day to day I do use glasses day to day because I'm getting older uh, but I have the, uh, the the content you know a few inches from my face uh, and I can't go around with a pair of binoculars strapped to my face so <laughs> I have a number of um, coping strategies that help me day to day that we'll talk about okay so binoculars aren't one of them that's for sure but you moved from the Met didn't you I think you now work for GSK that's right. Yeah. So I ended up, I stayed with, with the Met for a while. I, I got involved with setting up disability networks uh, in the police. Um, and that's where I, I, I got to know the wonderful Kate Nash and Purple Space. Uh, and it was through that connection that I, had, once I left the police in 2015, hopefully in a better place than I left it, mm -hmm. um, that I found it rather, um, I learned that there was that GSK were looking to bring in a managed service line, helping their employees, making it easier to request workplace adjustments. So I'm now the global workplace adjustment service director. Um, so yeah, I've been there for, for, for five years. Uh, it's a wonderful company does to that, work at. That, that come with a Learjet? Is that? part of the package do you <laughs> an international well, jet setter not. i've been working at home for the last <laughs> yeah. um, you know since lockdown absolutely um again the wonderful collaboration tools that we use now through microsoft teams and everything else you know working remotely um you know engaging with stakeholders uh, across the world whereabouts are you based then home wise andy whereabouts do you live yeah, I mean, the, the headquarters site is in the UK in Brentford, but I've been working from home um, near Ascot, a place called Sunningdale near Ascot. Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. So not too far from the office, but I've not been on a train. Um, for something interesting, train travels, one of my uh, challenges, you know, I, I just can't see those dreadful dot matrix signs, you know, so navigation around around where i need to go can be a challenge but like i guess as you say for so many of us although this is coronavirus we wouldn't wish it on anybody would we uh, but it's produced some interesting ways of getting around issues like travel it's made a big difference to a lot of people yourself included but the physical contact seeing folk you know being with people in meetings that kind of thing i guess you miss that too do you 
Yeah, I do hope we'll get back to some of that personal contact. I mean, the collaboration tools like Microsoft Teams and the technology that we use have been an amazing, if you like, experiment in showing that actually so many people in different roles have been enabled to work flexibly and remotely, yeah. um, as well as coming into the office. But, you know, a lot of people managing health conditions and disabilities might have been looking for that and struggled to get that with their organisations. But now it's proved that it's viable in so many more settings. Yeah. Okay. So, as you know, the purpose of our conversation really is to see what you're using, the stuff you use in your everyday life to get around the difficulties that your sight impairment throws at you. So where do you want to start? What's the first thing then out of the hat? It's, it's, it's interesting because in, in my work setting, you know, I, I feel like I've got my coping strategies. I work remotely. We use collaboration tools. I've got like Zoom text on, on my setup. I've got a massive screen on a monitor arm, 27-inch monitor, and I can zoom in and out of content and that works well. But probably more on a day-to-day basis, my uh, site condition has probably affected me more in home and family life and moving around traveling yep. so you know i'm i have a uh, an ipad which is fantastic I, I love to read the newspaper every day and to look at content on that which you know you can very easily triple click to get reverse contrast you can pinch zoom in and out and use you know different colors and formats that work for you so for me you know my ipad is probably one of my favorite devices um, to help me to engage with content that I can't when I when I can't use my desktop and the zoom text features um, the iPad's really good does the do you have an iPhone as well Andy no interesting I probably should have an iPhone because they're compatible but I've got actually a a, a Samsung Galaxy okay. smartphone which you know one of my favorite features on that is an app mm-hmm. is the it's the flashlight and magnifier app which you know, it's so useful day to day. For example, I like to cook, right? You know, and and reading um, recipes, um, ingredients. You know, they're all in. You know, nece- not necessarily accessible. Sometimes in tiny font. Mm. So of course, I can whip out my device, my Samsung, well, my iPad, and again, I can zoom in on that content to make it easier to read, or I can change the. If it's in a poor color contrast settings, you know, you can adjust it to make it much easier to read. Uh, so I find that really helpful on a day to day basis. So the reason I asked about the phone was was because obviously an iPad, brilliant. I've got one, too, and they're brilliant gadgets, but they're a bit bulky. So but you, you yeah, I've got a 12 inch big one. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's a big beast. It's a beast fantastic so the phone screen. It's a good backup. But do yeah. you. Do you alternate them for portability, I suppose, is what I'm asking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, the, you know, the phone is a pocket device and I've I've managed to set it up with, you know, reverse contrast settings, you know, with larger, you know, apps and fonts yep. that are more readable to me. Um, and of course, with that uh, magnifier, um, well, actually, and the flashlight as well, you know, I can even use that when I'm traveling. One of the things I struggle with, uh, again, distance vision, if I haven't got a pair of binoculars with me, is reading street signs um, and those dreadful dot matrix signs on the train station. Because I don't drive, you might be pleased to know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A lot of people breathe a sigh of relief, that piece of information. (laughs) Exactly. 
I can use that device to to, to zoom in on it to make it more readable because uh, you don't always want to ask someone um, where you're going. <laughs> they don't always give you the right <laughs> advice either. <laughs> yeah, you end up in Timbuktu when you didn't mean to be there. I, I suppose right. they look at you strangely sometimes as if, well, you look all right. I know you to be <laughs> a very independent man. So it's kind of, you know, asking people to show you where to go doesn't exactly shout independence, does it? So uh, sometimes, obviously, we all need help, and that's a given. Of course. But, but um, this dot matrix thing, you've mentioned it several times. What is it about dot matrix that really mucks it up for you then? Well, on, on the, the UK public transport system, you know, it, they use the often the yellow dot matrix on a black background. Yep. When it's really bright outside, it's just impossible okay. to read. Yeah. So I struggle largely with contrast as much as anything else. If it's at night time and I'm standing a few feet away, probably less than six feet away, I can then read it. But in the bright sunshine, it's impossible. Right. Uh, does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Now I wondered if there was some something specific about dot matrix and your eye condition that, but it, it right. wasn't that. It's more about the contrast of light, isn't it, that affects you? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm quite light sensitive. Yeah. Um, so actually, I prefer it when it's dark because <laughs> yeah. there's more contrast yeah. around. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not a night owl, but yeah, exactly. During the day, uh, it, again, the same with street signs. I have to be really close to something, and and that happens the same on when I'm when I'm at work. I, people often use flip charts or projected screen content unless i'm within a couple of feet of it then you know it's no good yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so the first gadget really um universally is is the ipad or the or the samsung phone that you use you're using those two yeah. devices because they offer as part of their own package uh screen magnification obviously flashlights Absolutely. and stuff like that you've mentioned in passing apps are there any particular apps then? Is this the second thing? Is there an app that you use that you couldn't do without? Well, probably the the, the magnifier one, to be honest, because it's again, it's it's something that I could use to look at any content and to change the contrast and to improve it. And I'm trying to tell you the name of it, actually, if I remember it. It's just it's one of those things that I use every day. Yeah. Um, and it. In this one I'm using is, is is by App Studios. I'm sure there are plenty of other similar ones. Um, I know that the Apple that just, phone comes with its own, doesn't it? And uh, and they, and do, they yeah. are supposed to be fair to them. Apple have always had, as long as I've known them anyway, uh, accessibility as part of their service. It's not an add-on; it's built in. And that's one of the reasons why I like my iPad so much. I mean, I'm, I I read the newspaper every day. And it's just fantastic. I don't because I can't read printed media. Mm -hmm. It's again the contrast and the font size is just too small. Um, but you can download it to your iPad. You can zoom in on any content, and you can trip set it to triple click to reverse contrast, uh, and so many other settings. I do. I'm I'm not a salesman for Apple, but for me, I find it's my favoured device for for reading content. Yes. Um. So. What about generally getting around then, apart from the magnification of signage and stuff? Are there any apps you use, like travel apps, where you can 
I mean, we all use we all use Google Maps or Apple Maps. I was, don't I was we? about to say, yeah, you know, apart apart from um, Mrs. Garrett cabs, which um, she's marvellous at getting me around. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Garrett, yes, uh, but <laughs> she's my wonderful Uber driver. Um, is she free? Yeah, uh, is she free? <laughs> I think I have to pay for the car, yeah. but there we are. It's another story. Uh, but, yeah, Google Maps is amazing because you can set it to read out to you. Right. Um, you know, I, I my condition is such that I can actually still cycle. I can still see people and cars and dogs, but I can't see enough distance-wise to read the number plate at the right distance. Right. Um, so I'm still reasonably safe to, to cycle. So, again, I can set that with my headphones, Um you know, if I'm not sure where I'm going, uh, although I tend to only cycle locally where I'm familiar. Yeah. Um, again, the Google Maps is great because it speaks to you. I I understand. I don't know how this would work for someone with a major sight impairment, but um, they've got a new system, I think, on Google Maps where if you point your phone at a building, it will identify that building and then tell you which way you're turning left, right or whatever. Um yeah, I haven't tried that, I and mean, that does sound really interesting because that's something I I do struggle with. If I'm using Google Maps to maybe I'm going to a meeting, you know, maybe a purple space meeting. Yeah. When we used to do those kinds of things, um, yeah, that that's that can be a challenge finding my way around in London, knowing whether I'm travelling north, south, east, or west. So, um, and I, you know, when we do get back to meeting in person, I, I'll be interested in my that. sight isn't an issue, but I find it difficult to quite know which way to turn when I've got my phone map in front of me yeah. because although it gives you that little icon showing it's you it doesn't necessarily make it clear which way you're facing so no you're right it yeah. says travel north on whichever road and you think well that'd be good if i knew which way north exactly was. <laughs> exactly <laughs> you end up walking 100 yards the wrong way yeah. before it tells you to turn around this is, this is very true um, so i do like the idea of what you're describing there well um, i think because... it's definitely it's something that's either out or coming on google maps and i'm sure apple maps wouldn't be long behind them to do do something similar is there anything else then andy that you use that um our listeners might find of interest or do you use something for a purpose that isn't what it was designed for i mean is that one of the things you've done well, not so much in the non-technical space. I mean, one of the one of the things that I use, funnily enough, around the kitchen more than anything else, Morefields gave me just just a little small pocket magnifier right. that I can put onto a jar or a packet or whatever um, to make it easier to read whatever it is I'm I'm trying to look at around the kitchen, or if I'm trying even to the point of you know, again, my device might not be to hand. Yeah. You know, when that when the post comes through, um, if if I want to read what I've been sent, because people don't always send their stuff in the right format. You know, no, it's it's often quite small font. Um, but of course, if that doesn't work, then I revert to my technology, and of course, the iPad comes to play. It just very rarely leaves my sight. But the the magnifier that Morefields provided, you presumably just keep in your pocket. I mean, you just carry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a little tiny. You know, probably that. You know twice as big as a two pound coin but it is really useful and what magnification does it give does do you know is it do you know i couldn't tell you but in, in enough for me to when i put it right up to my a bit like you do with antique dealers when they're looking yes, yes. Right at, you know the detail of something it, it gives me enough just to be able to see 
And if I can't, then I'll go to my magnification app on my phone and I can make it so much bigger. Now, you mentioned sort of in a sense that as a non-tech, although it is tech, isn't it? But it's not the sort of tech we've got used to talking about. Yeah, it doesn't need batteries. doesn't need batteries <laughs> yeah, or voltage <laughs> or whatever. Um, are there other things that you use around the home or when you go out that you would describe as not technical but useful? Not really. I mean, I'm, I'm, I suppose I could say I'm – I always count my blessings. I'm fortunate in that I can see like most people, but it, my peripheral vision is actually quite good. Right. It's my central field that just doesn't cope with distance vision. Like as well, I described it, it's like being really short-sighted where most people would put on a pair of spectacles and they had to get that, – that just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd lo- I used to love watching my boys play rugby – um and the only way i could enjoy that and still see who they were and where they were was um literally to have a pair of binoculars strapped to my face mm. uh, and to follow them around the field in fact i went to see an england match with them recently uh, and, and and i have um the ref link to tell me what's happening yeah um, and i use my binoculars to try and get a you know a view on what's happening around the pitch um you do miss some things but you go for the atmosphere don't you so what we need then is we need a pair of glasses that are actually binoculars but look like glasses. Yeah, they, I, they, there's a couple of devices. So um, our good friends uh, at Microlink, uh, I was talking to NASA CRB about it, uh, and there's a device that they're going to be testing, which is uh, a headset, a bit like a virtual reality headset, yeah. uh, that that effectively helps to zoom in. Um, it looks like a pair of glasses at the front, but it's got a battery pack. Um, and all sorts of functional features so it's just a bit less clunky than clutching a pair of binoculars to your eyes when you've got very limited field of vision Um, so i'm looking forward to those coming out um, to be able to bring the images from far away much closer which is one of the reasons you don't drive because you can't read the number plates you can't read the street signs so the gpla has a bit of a problem if you can't read at distance but it but it also it's discreet isn't it it's interesting how people react as well, because in the data privacy age we're in, of course, you know, an adult filming kids yes, playing yes. football or rugby, you know, you've got to go through all these consents and explain what you're doing. There's all sorts of rules around that, yeah. um, which, of course, as it becomes more discreet, people are less likely to know that you're using a device for magnification filming or whatever yes and that would be a, a, yeah that would be a worry definitely yeah well, it's like when i was watching rugby with you know seeing the boys as they're growing up people would often look at you strangely when you're watching the entire game with a pair of binoculars strapped to your face yeah. i just want to see where my son is and what he's up to and if, he, if he's involved in the action perhaps we should turn up <laughs> the only way to do it then andy is to turn up in full military kit and look like you're a field marshal when you're something reviewing the troops (laughs) but it just goes to show you that you know um the devices are out there you know available to everyone they're not cheap let's be clear you know some of these devices can be quite expensive um but if you are able to get hold of them it's amazing what is able to help you as a coping strategy to manage day to day whether it's reading a recipe or a jar or something you know around the house or finding a street sign or a building or watching your family play sport it's it's amazing how technology comes to the rescue
and it's come a long way. And you're talking about gadgets which did not exist. I mean, the iPhone's only been around about 14, 13, 14 years. It's not that old, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the difference it's made to people, particularly those with sight impairments, actually, is 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 quite remarkable. So, yeah, the the, the phone introduced it, but the game changer for me, honestly, is my iPad. Yeah, it helps me to read the paper. I can watch. I can watch the TV on it if the TV's too far away, wherever you're at. You know, um, take photos and zoom in on them and reverse the contrast. It's it's incredible the way that helps you day to day. Well, I think what you're reminding the listeners is that if they have an iPad and they haven't really played around with it to look at what the accessibility settings are, they ought to, uh, because that makes yeah, a huge difference. Yeah, they're quite intuitive. Yeah, they're not difficult. Um, they, are they seem to have designed those features in and make them easy to find yeah. um, and easy to adjust to your own personal settings because, you know, vision conditions are so wide and varied in, in how they affect people, whether that be... Uh, peripheral vision, central vision, tunnel vision, you know, all sorts of different um, implications for people. And, of course, the devices increasingly are recognised, again, as we have an ageing population, people's sight perhaps isn't quite as good as it might have been. Um, and, again, the technology helps for accessibility. Okay, well, Andy, what can I say other than it's? we mustn't leave it so long next time before we chat again? Um I know how busy you are. You have a big job. Um, so taking time out to chat to me about the things you use to manage every day has been a really helpful. I hope our listeners enjoy it. But um, I'd like to thank you very much, Andy. It's been a pleasure. And uh, take good care. You're welcome. See you again. Thank you so much for having me on. No worries. If you have a story to tell about the technology you use to overcome the barriers that your disability throws in your way, then please drop us a line at brinkburn at gmail.com or mail at ridc.co.uk. Thanks very much. <laughs>